Welcome back, everybody, to the Visual Studio Mobile Developer Podcast, keeping you up to date with the latest and greatest in mobile development for Microsoft developers covering .NET, Xamarin, Azure, and more. I'm Matt Sokup. Oh, and I'm James Montemagna. How's it going, buddy? Pretty good, James. Welcome to 2019. Oh, my goodness. I know. We made it, and we made it for two months straight. Two months straight of podcasts. <laughs> Who would have thought, right? I mean, I've only done a few hundred podcasts in my day, but this one being the hardest. But uh, yeah, we made it. I'm very excited that you put it on the calendar. You made it happen, and, and we're back. And we're back. Second month in a row. Here we go. Yeah. How was your holiday? My holiday was great. My brother sent me this, what we called Flat Stanley's for his niece, or for my niece, his mm. daughter. Ever hear of Flat Stanley? No, I have no idea what that is. So what this is, is um, the kids, she's six years old, they're reading about places, things, and people. And so what they do is they sent out this little cardboard cutout of a doll. Hmm. And you take this doll around and you take pictures of it so they can learn about certain things in different places. And so they're from Minnesota. They sent it to Seattle. So my wife and I took Flat Stanley around and did a bunch of tourist things. I've heard of this now. Holiday. I've heard of this now. Yes, yes. We So we have little monkeys that we bring around with, obvious, mm-hmm. obviously. But uh, that's cool. So you got to see some Seattle sites. Yeah, we went out and did some tourist sites. We went down to, obviously, Pike's Market. Yeah. And the uh, guys who throw the fish couldn't have been more gracious. They took <laughs> pictures of Stanley, and we threw some fish with them, or they threw the fish with them. Um, took them around, obviously, to the Space Needle, Smith Tower, and even went down and found the Fremont Troll. Oh, cool. <laughs> very nice. Yeah. yeah. There's so many great sites I, did, I literally just did something very very similar my uh my partner's family was in town we did the same thing that we took them all over went to the gum wall we went to the space Center, we went to the troll uh all the great sites i mean that's a beautiful part about seattle i know last build i don't know if you remember but myself christina and a few others we recorded these like seattle videos for channel nine and it was really fun because we had to show like our favorite coffee places, our favorite tourist attractions, like favorite art museums. And it's kind of fun to 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 see your city again, you know? I think being a tourist in your own town, you have to do it at least once a year. So you've been, I know that was the one thing is a lot of our listeners probably don't know, but I've been pushing Matt to explore this city because you've been here how long now? Um, we got here in the beginning of September mm-hmm. and then we are house hunting for about six weeks after that and then moving in for like six weeks after that (laughs) (laughs) so i said you got to get out you got to see the city and this is the best winter we've ever had so i know coming from wisconsin most likely this winter is maybe a little bit better this winter it's been like springtime constantly (laughs) everything is green it's warm out i'm not sure why people complain about seattle yet (laughs) it's quite lovely yes we even had sunlight this this weekend it was amazing i loved it so i'm glad that you're enjoying it i'm glad you're getting out there having a great time flat stanley's having a wonderful time (laughs) Now, the next place you need to go is take Flat Stanley to Flatstick Pub, which is a putt-putt, indoor adult putt-putt, and, and kids too. But you can get a bunch of brews and a bunch of other things. And they also have the the shuffle, like a table ones. I don't, they call it something special, but it's really cool. There's two of them in the city. The one in South Lake Union, this is for people that ever want to come to Seattle, is brand new. And we have a local artist, Henry. I'm sure you've seen Henry has like all these crazy, very colorful art all over the city mm-hmm. it's probably henry is that they have like big sasquatches and big on different animals but they worked with him uh for all their locations to do henry art all on the inside and then at that one they made huge statues like art installation pieces where you're playing putt-putt around all of his art it's super cool that sounds amazing yeah super hipster stanley would love that yeah <laughs> at flat stick pub there you go well you want to get into the news yeah 
the first thing I want to talk about, James, is I've been doing this thing called Office Hours. Mm-hmm. And what I have is I've set up a link, first off, so people can register for it. It's uh, aka.ms slash office dash hours. And anybody can set up some 30 minutes appointments with me and talk about anything they want, Azure, Xamarin related, whether it's any successes, not so much successes. If you have questions, I'll do my best to answer them. If I don't know, I'll go back to the product teams and get some answers, try to make the products better. So really anything you want to do. And once a month then, is I take all the questions and I roll them up into a blog post. Mm. So that way others can see what kind of problems or successes people are having. Yeah, did you see that? I know you just did a blog post at the end of last year kind of covering sort of your November recap. Like, what did you find? Was that the first time you doing it, the first month? That was the first month I did. I started at the end of October mm. and just rolled up a little bit for six weeks there in order to get the uh, December post out. And um, a lot of the questions there revolved around both App Center and Azure AD B2C. App Center was the questions were around test mm-hmm. in App Center and around push notifications in App Center. Oh, interesting. And um, pricing. Everybody wants to know about pricing. <laughs> <laughs> and um, Azure AD B2C is because I've written a ton of content around there. It's really, it comes down to more in depth questions of how you would design architecture layouts hmm. for B2C stuff as well. And then there's the, um, I don't want to say the typical forms questions, but people asking, how would you do this in forms? And also you had some people coming in and saying, hey, I did this in forms, or I learned forms by following this, and you're just happy that they got going. Yeah. Xamarin and like, it was this easy to create two apps from essentially one, one code base. Yeah, that's cool. My favorite part of what I do for a living are those cases where a developer comes up to me or someone that wasn't even a developer turned developer and said, Hey, I came, saw your blog post, saw a podcast, saw your session. And when I just did it, like, here's what I made. Right. And it's like, or I've just started this, like, check it out. I'm only a few weeks in, but like, look what I did. I think that's super cool. I did something similar. It wasn't open office hours, but I talked to a lot of developers using Xamarin essentials. Uh, part of my job is uh, doing that. And that was fun because I got to see a lot of the apps and these APIs that developers were using. And uh, some of the developers are like, let me just show you my screen and let me just bring up the simulator. I'm sure you probably have the same thing. Like, check this out. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Lots, lots of screen sharing. And it's it's a lot of fun to see what people are, one, building, to see what, see what kind of limits they're pushing with both Azure and Xamarin, and to see the excitement that people have while they're using it. Yeah. So from this feedback, so now that you have some of these open sessions, like what is your workflow like? So someone's like, oh, I go to Matt, like have this off open hours and you know, I can talk with them. But like, what are you actually doing with it? I guess this is a good question. Just the way it's not just like a funnel, right? Right. So first off, I ask permission to record it <laughs> because um, I'm not going to be able to remember everything while we talk. So the idea is I record it and I go back through and I take my notes mm-hmm. from it. Um, if I can, like I said, if you, if I'm able to answer any questions you have during it, I'm answering the question. I still bring those questions back to the team and say, hey, person A is having issues, let's say, with the list view. Documentation maybe is not good on the list view, mm. or it's not scrolling very well, or, or any problems around there. That way the teams know what issues people are having in the field. Otherwise, let's say the list view is acting super great, or the Visual Studio IDE is acting great. Bring the successes back to the team as well. So it is a open 
I don't want to say funnel because it doesn't get thinner at all. It's a two-way communication bag. People are able to go to me to get their feedback back to the product teams, essentially. Look at it that way. Yeah, so it's just another outlet, but also another year and you're you're able to sort of branch across multiple teams right like when people are talking to me or to maddie or to david like we're very focused on x very like i'm i'm always open to listen to anyone talk about anything but a lot of our pms right our our program managers what we're called we're really focusing on bettering experience in x categories so that might be xamarin forms or designers or it might be android or ios but you're sort of looking at Almost like this podcast, everything in the space. I'm looking at everything in the space, including cloud development. Mm. So if you're using Xamarin plus Cosmos DB and something's not working there, we're going to get to the bottom of why it might not be working. Is the SDK slow on the Cosmos side? Is there something over on the Xamarin side that might be getting slowed up? What's going on? And then get everybody working together and get the product happy. Very cool. Well, yeah, definitely check out this blog post. We'll put it into the show notes so you can read the full recap and then also that aka.ms link. Yep, aka.ms slash office dash hours. We'll put that in the show notes as well. Awesome. Well, the next thing that we have is uh, something from our App Center side talking about App Center. So App Center is sort of all the essential tools for building, testing, deploying, monitoring your mobile applications or even UWP applications or Unity games or anything, really. It does uh, everything that you possibly can (laughs) think about. I use App Center a lot for my simpler apps for the build, but I use App Center for every single app I build for analytics and crash reporting and distribution. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I use it for distribution because I used to use Hockey App for everything. Right. And what has happened with Hockey App? Yeah, so Hockey App, just like, well, there's been a long journey, if you will, from not only the Xamarin products that we had coming in, but also Hockey App being part of Microsoft and us saying we have all these tools. So App Center was the next generation Hockey App, and the App Center team has now finally sort of laid down the full groundwork, if you will, of the future of hockey app because they haven't deprecated hockey hockey app they've been encouraging people to transition to app center okay but there was feature gaps for a long time Mm -hmm. and they now have what they believe is at least a roadmap or the features that are there uh that that are in parity for the the core workloads of what everyone's using over on app center and hockey app so the first thing is they did is they marked a date for the full transition so the cutoff date of hockey app which is going to be november 16th 2019 they gave everyone 11 months so they announced this at the mid-december okay and they're gonna make it really simple so already you can see side by side so you can connect your app center account to your hockey app account and you'll see all your apps side by side oh that's really great yeah and then starting in march this year they're going to have something they call a what do they call it? They call it, a, call it a cutover, which is a weird name for transition. So that transition in March will begin where you can one-click basically transition over. You may have to reconnect if you're using GitHub or Azure DevOps for your bug tracking. So you might need to reconnect your services. Obviously, mm-hmm. you can't migrate over tokens really seamlessly. Right. So you might have to do that. But they have a good blog post of not only the future of hockey app but also what the cutover experience will look like so uh, give that a look Uh, i've already transitioned all my apps over because i just migrated the you know i I didn't migrate all my data necessarily but i I could in the future but i migrated the sdks over really seamlessly i mean the app center sdks are pretty phenomenal how they're 
made. That's the one thing I always liked about App Center is that they've taken the time to craft the APIs where it's just a, it's super easy to use. It's a joy to use. Yeah. I like that everything's there, right? So if I only want crash reporting, that's fine. But if I want all the things, then they're there. And I can't, I can't tell you how many times I've used it for just distribution itself, especially when I was doing um, hackathons for nonprofits in the last year or two, because trying to understand build and distribution is just hard enough and like a seamless pipeline where I can set it up for these nonprofits and they never have to worry about it again. Just like, Hey, you click build and it goes, it's easy peasy, especially on Android, Mm -hmm. iOS. We got to update every year, those provisioning profiles, but you know, (laughs) it's there. So, but, uh, did you get questions in your office hours about, I have, I did get questions on what's the difference between app center build and Azure DevOps. Mm, did and, you have a good answer? And when would you want to use both? <laughs> I, have I have my answer. answer. <laughs> I have my answer. Um, the answer really came down to um, App Center for if you didn't want to you, use App Center when everything is out of the box. Mm. Just use what you wanted to do. And when you want to start really configuring your build pipeline and modifying and customizing it, transition over to DevOps. So the answer I gave was think of Azure App Center build as DevOps Lite. Hmm. It's a good way of putting it. Yeah, and just that service, right? And they're not really competing products because Azure DevOps is that full CI CD pipeline. And if you're using analytics or crash reporting, you're not using Azure DevOps for that. You're using it for your your bug tracking and all the things. And in fact, App Center can open up bugs for you inside of Azure DevOps and your work item tracking. So the build part, yeah, I agree. For me, like if I'm doing any library creation or anything like that, that's obviously default Azure DevOps because it's super easy pipeline for it's built for that type of stuff. And it can do iOS and Android apps and do full release. And the, the important part that I tell people is that you can add a task, an app center task to do tests or distrib- distribute from Azure DevOps. So if you already have an Azure DevOps pipeline, know that you can submit those apps over like you would previously submit them to Hockey App, but into mm-hmm. App Center. And you just kind of ignore that section. I hope one feature request that they do is the ability, just like Azure DevOps added it, to turn off services and then hide them. Right. Because that's the one cool thing I like right now is I'll go, I did it in one of my live streams. I created a new .NET library and published it to NuGet. And I created a new project in Azure DevOps. And it's like, what services do you want to use? And I go, build and release, and that's it. Right. And it's like, cool, that's all you see. I'm like, perfect, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So hopefully they get to that point where they can turn off those nodes. Perfect. Well, James, all I'll do is consider this office hours and I'll bring that back to the App Center team. Nice. Perfect. <laughs> what else we got over here in the news section? Uh, some big things happening at Xamarin University. You want to break it down? Yeah. Let's another try to, transition. Another transition. <laughs> um, unfortunately, Xamarin University is going away and it's much beloved, but it's not going away. At least the name of it is going away. Um, so Xamarin University is transitioning over into Microsoft Learn. So the first question it usually is, what's Microsoft Learn? What is Microsoft Learn? Glad you asked. <laughs> <laughs> so Microsoft Learn is a all-encompassing platform so you can learn Microsoft technologies. They're all online courses, and they're broken down into learning paths. So let's say you wanted to learn about Cosmos DB or learn how to administrate distributed databases. Microsoft Learn is where you go. You can run them all in a cloud shell. So you're, it's hands-on learning. Mm. And that's where all these Xamarin University courses 
are headed towards. There's, they're going to be migrating 20 of those over there. So the, I guess the thing to know is that the content from Xamarin U is going to live on, but you're not going to have to pay for it any longer. It's going to be free. So that's, that's the cool thing. Yeah, I like um, that. The one thing to know, though, is the certification is going away, though. Hmm. So what Microsoft Learn has, though, is that as you complete courses, as you get badges, as you complete like a learning path, you'll get a trophy. But the certification is no longer there as the Xamarin U branding been gone, migrated into Microsoft Learn. Yeah, that makes sense. And I'm, I'm all about more giving more developers the opportunity to learn. Xamarin University started with that month, the yearly subscription, then they went down to a monthly and we had some free classes and free learning and just kind of furthering that. Obviously, the the learn the the U Xamarin U content will transition, but the online experience is going to be very different. Where right. before it was online classes, and that won't be in Learn. That's not how Learn is set up. However, I know that the Xamarin University team is working on some other interactive things. I've been talking with them. You've been talking yeah, with was, them. Yep, they have some cool things. I don't know if they're ready to say what those are yet, but yep. they're going to be cool. Correct. <laughs> yeah, and uh, and and what's interesting is they will, you know. Uh, you'll get a unique badge on your Microsoft Learn if you already have one. So was, there's inside, if you're a Xamarin University subscriber, there's a forum that you can go on to. And Mark Smith, who leads that, he wrote a very, very in-depth um, thing in here that, you know, with people were kind of like, oh, what about this certification? It's going away. Well, our certification was never a Microsoft certification. Right. It was um, an accreditation with a badge to show your accomplishments. And that's what's being carried over. So uh, to me, that's how I always looked at it was it's like I finished the courses and I finished a test, you know, and um, and that was a cool accomplishment. And they sent me a cool plaque, for instance, you know, and that was really nice. And but it was never really one of those, you know, Microsoft certs that you think of because Xamarin University came before the acquisition. So it's not like anything really changed besides we made more stuff free and part of the MSDN subscriptions. So, yeah, so it's like. I'm excited about it. I'm excited about what the team's going to do uh, in general, but it's going to be here until... It's going to stay until June. June. Cool. So you got some time to go check it out, um, and then it'll be free. It'll be free. It'll be free. I like free. I like free. Free's good. Free's good. Free's okay. I'll be really in- interested to see how the the Learn content transitions over and, and things, so we'll see how it goes. It'll be good. It'll be fun, and you know what? It's going to be free. It's going to be free. Well, something that I'm doing, there's a few things that I'm doing that I'm excited to talk about in the news section, which is a brand new video series, part of the Xamarin show that I do here on the Microsoft Developer uh, YouTube and on Channel 9. And every Thursday, I release a new Xamarin show. And that's usually more conversational based about a new API, about uh, some cool app or library or new feature in Xamarin. But with Xamarin Essentials, which is our cross-platform APIs, there's a lot of them. And mm-hmm. I wanted to figure out a way of how can I promote these easily to show the cool features available for uh, these APIs. So instead of just doing one mega monolithic Xamarin Essentials Xamarin show, I said, what if I break down a different API every week? So that's what I'm doing. It's called Essential API of the Week. That's a great name. It's a great name. And uh, starting already, so the first one is out. It'll be the f- every single Tuesday. Okay. So every Tuesday will be an Essential API. Each video is under five, 
under five minutes or so. I really try to keep them very short and I show you how to get set up, how to use the API and it running in an iOS and Android app. Perfect. Which is really cool. Right. So where are you going to put these? How can people get at them? So they're already out there. We'll link to the playlist, which will be on YouTube. They'll be on the Microsoft Developer YouTube channel. Okay. And they will also still be on channel nine, channel9.msdn.com. So they'll be there. So if you're on YouTube, you'll just get notifications. Uh, and they'll have a special playlist. And then for channel nine, it'll just be under the Xamarin Show. And you'll see them okay. right there. So just normally where you get the Xamarin Show today, it'll be there too, not hidden. Perfect. Yep. So just extra special Xamarin Show episodes. Exactly. Bonus content. Nice. Oh, and I'm going to attempt then, once each episode is out, put them into the documentation. That's a great idea. Yeah. So there we go. So it's like you can read or you can see. Boom. Perfect. Yeah. So, James, Xamarin Forms 4.0. We talked about it in the last podcast. I know you did a podcast on Merge Conflict about it. Mm-hmm. Hands on. How's it going? Yeah, so really good. I'm glad you asked. It's been, I guess it's been a month since Connect and mm-hmm. the announcements and everything that we did, Visual Studio 2019, uh, IntelliCode, which is also in 2017. I found that out. Well, yeah. Using 2017 yet, James? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Still. 2019. Now. I know. It's 2019 <laughs> now. I have to. Well, so, so yeah, it's been really good. There's been some blog posts that were written uh, on both from David and from some of the other Xamarin Forms team members, a uh, deep dive on the shell overview. I've not gone too in depth on shell yet. I know it's an evolving API and that is the kind of one XML markup or XAML markup for your entire app. So I've been giving a lot of feedback, just looking at samples. There's been some nice blog posts on collection view and carousel view. Carousel view is back. It's better than ever. I'm very excited about it. <laughs> I've been focusing in on updating to Xamarin Forms 4.0 and dogfooding the visual API. Okay. And this is pretty cool because the visual API is all about bringing a single UI look and feel to your apps. Right. And they support like four or five controls out of the box. So button, entry card like the frame which is like a card view and a few others Mm -hmm. and these were always controls that i thought looked pretty okay on android but kind of subpar on ios so Mm -hmm. the uh, text entry on ios is pretty bland when you spice up and use visual which you can use on a full page or a control by control basis uh, it will use the material design look and feel on ios and it also lights up some new features on android uh, so, for instance, on Android, it uses the latest support libraries for design. So it will do that little placeholder text where it goes up, like right. it does a nice little animation on both iOS and Android. So just by going into my existing apps and updating and just flipping on these bits, it's brought a better, more consistent UI without completely changing it from an iOS app because it... It still looks and feels like an iOS app, so the buttons are similar, the text is better, but it's just a better entry on both apps. So I kind of like that a lot. That's that's really interesting because when I, one, I shouldn't admit this, I haven't played with Visual yet, mm-hmm. but when I heard about it, it was one of those features where I thought, well, that's kind of interesting, but I'm not sure about it. Mm-hmm. But just you saying that where it lights up a bunch of new features on Android where you don't have to worry, well, 
you get it by for free, yeah. essentially. And you're right. The iOS really it didn't look that great. I know in the last episode I mentioned that I thought material design has overtaken the look of iOS, and I think that's great that we can bring over material design, make essentially make our apps look so much better for free. Yeah. And that's cool. And there's, how do you how do we enable it? Is it pretty easy or Yeah, it's just a feature flag. So you go in and all of the Xamarin Forms 4.0 features are just feature flags and you say add flags in your your main activity or your app delegate. Very simplistic. There's a great blog post on how to do this and documentation too, which is great. And uh, then what's really cool is that on the page, there's literally a property that's called visual and you just type in material or default and you can combine them. You can also do it on a control basis. So when you're on your entry, you can say visual, boom. So if you don't want anything besides your entries to change, you don't have to. And that's really nice because if you're already using styles or themes and you can just light it up for every entry, that's probably my favorite control to use it on because I've always wanted the placeholders to look nicer and these just look nicer. Now, of course, that means that you're going to have to have you know, placeholder text there and you're going to have to figure out the color scheme that you right. want. But if you want to spice it up without doing a lot of work because a lot of people how to create effects or custom renders to like an under, you know, line entry. And that's annoying. So this mm -hmm. is nice that it's built in and I think it looks really good. Maybe it's not what you want, but I think it looks good. So give it a look. Yeah. Well, that's cool. Are there any other forms for stuff that you played with? Like the uh, collection view that's going to change your life. <laughs> well, collection view, I'm, I'm always up and down on even in the world of iOS and Android because I don't do a lot of tablet development mm -hmm. and not to say that collection view isn't great for phones because if you're doing your know, grids of photos or anything like that, uh, what's nice about the collection view is it's basically just a list view, right? And there's an item template and there's all the things. So that's really nice. And what you need to do at this point is just look at your item template and say, okay, did I make this so it's long or no, I need to make it so it's more card view? So I haven't played around with it yet in any of my apps just because I haven't had a need for it. However, I do plan on taking my Xamarin Forms workshop, my monkey app workshop that we did mm -hmm. together on the live stream and adding a Xamarin Forms 4.0 section that will add some of the new Xamarin Forms features to it. So instead of a list of monkeys in a list view, we can convert that to a collection view and make it look all fancy because that's just SAML at that point. Right. So I plan on doing that and also upgrading to the new carousel view. So instead of just having a single image of a monkey uh, on the details page, we could have a collection of images that it flips through, for just instance. Swipe right through them. Yeah. yeah. That's, that makes perfect sense. And yeah. I think that'd be, that'd be a lot of fun just to show 4.0 features, compare it to 3X features. Yep. And show all the new features and how easy they're at. Yeah, they are I, I think so. And the workshop could be really nice because you're like, oh, here's already my three features, three O features, and this is like stable. And like, all right, now we're going to try out new hot features, you know? Mm -hmm. And uh, th David does have a nice sample that has all sorts of different crazy features and things like that between all the different versions. But seeing it in a real world type of app is is pretty beneficial, I think. That'd be really cool. Yeah. All right, the last thing to talk about that we're doing in the news section for sort of mobile app dev news uh, is that we're starting a brand new .NET community standup series. All right, so Fill me in. All right, so for years, the ASP.NET team has done community standups. Okay. 
This is usually John Galloway, Hanselman, Damien, the product team, uh, the people from the .NET Foundation coming in, talking about all the amazing things that are happening in the ASP.NET community, if you will. So great blog posts, great pull requests, great discussions that are happening in the open source world. Uh, sometimes they would do product features and demos, but not often. It was maybe an in-depth. But the thing is that they're live streams. Mm-hmm. So unlike a show on uh, our YouTube or Channel 9 where you are getting full high-end production quality, right. you know, we're trying our demos, and if they fail, we get to redo them. This is interactive. So it's they do theirs on Tuesdays. Their schedule is not going to change. They do every single Tuesday, mm-hmm. or try to at least, in the morning. And they talk about ASP.NET. I said, it'd be great if we could talk about Xamarin every once in a while. Well, we don't want to change the ASP.NET cadence. You know, they have their own thing. So what we did is we worked with uh, first the mobile teams, so Xamarin teams. We worked with uh, like languages and runtime. We worked with the IDE teams and I think the Azure team. So every single Thursday will be a different team doing a community standup in the world of .NET. Okay. So ASP.NET will be ASP.NET under .NET community standups, and then we'll have different workloads on Thursday. So you get to pick and choose what you want, right? Right. If you want ASP.NET and ignore everything else, that's great. But if you want some mobile stuff, it's there. And the format is really standardized between all of them. So the entire idea is, you know, they're anywhere between 30 minutes to 90 minutes, probably about an hour is what you'll, you'll see. They're interactive on both YouTube and Twitch where we live stream. And you'll be able to come in, chat with the product teams and the developers that we'll have on from time to time. And we're going to be going through all the awesome things that the community is doing. So great new libraries that people are shipping, uh, discussions on any of our open source projects. We'll talk about our roadmap items, talk about new features that were released. So you're going to see all the great work from the community being highlighted. And additionally, our collaboration with the community and the open source as we're shipping new features. And of course, we're here to answer questions as best as we can. We're not going to answer every single question or else we just go on forever. But this is you know another yet another opportunity to connect with the teams here at Microsoft. Right, that sounds great, and it's happening on Thursdays. When is the Xamarin one again? So that'll be we're gonna go for the first Thursday of every month, uh, and uh, it's gonna depend. This month has five Thursdays, so we kind of got lucky. Even in the podcast, right, we kind of skipped the first the first Friday, so we're able to move it around a little bit. But we'll have a schedule on Twitch. I'll also do a blog post coming out that we'll link so you can kind of make sure you're up to date on on all the things. That sounds amazing. Yeah. Sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah. What's happening in the world of Azure? Oh, there's always got to be something. I know it was some downtime with the holidays, but there has to be something There was new. a little downtime with the holidays, but it's always changing in the cloud. <laughs> the clouds are always moving around. Uh, the first thing I want to talk about is Cosmos DB. There's a new SDK available for the .NET. Ooh. It's in preview, .NET 3.0 SDK. The biggest news about that is it's open source. Very cool. That's always fun. Yeah. Um, they've changed the API surface. No longer is the document client, the main client we're going to use to open it up. It's now called Cosmos Client. Makes a little more sense. And it's a fluent API, which means mm-hmm. you get to chain together all your method and all your function calls. Oh, cool. So you just dot, 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 dot. Dot, 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 everything. It makes a little more sense when you're calling into like a container to call into your documents it's just, it's more, I guess, intuitive. Mm. So they've they've taken a lot of time to think through that 
uh, API surface. Um, there's a couple other things that they've done with it is that you can now stream back your your result sets instead of serializing them. You can still serialize, but you can also stream them back, which helps with performance because hmm. you don't have to go through the whole serializing. Um, it's not feature complete yet, still in preview. So some of the things that we've no grown to know and love, like Link, aren't quite there yet, but obviously they're on their way. I'll post the release notes in the show notes. Very cool. Yeah, I'm looking at the API now. It looks pretty pretty seamless like dot containers dot databases like you just seems like not too big of a change have you done any conversions or tried it out yet i haven't tried to do in the conversions that i was looking at them over the break and it doesn't seem like it's that bad there's going to be obviously there's breaking changes yeah with it but it, it's more intuitive now and there's you're getting rid of the um uri factory if you remember how you had to do the uri uri factory to get at the url to create containers mm. to get at your documents you don't have those it was like having spare code in there that didn't it made sense but it didn't make sense to really have it it, I don't, it was weird code that that stuff is gone got it so that's which, cool yep and it's a dotnet standard library so uh, yeah, .NET standard 2.0 cool I like that another thing i want to talk about is in functions our serverless offering i'm all about the um authorization and authentication the claims principle is mm. now way easier to get at all you have to do is add a claims principle into your function signature and ah, it'll show up very cool so you don't you used to have to be able to dig through the con context to get to it and i'm talking about http triggers of course now they're now it's just there put it into the signature same thing as you would do with like the iLogger, logger so you can do your logging and the claims principle will show up so it's it's injected in for you, which is super awesome. And uh, once you get the claims principle, just use it like you would in something like ASP.NET to find out who's actually calling your function so you can do some authentication and say, like, James, I don't want you to have access to my function. <laughs> I'm going to return not authorized. That's really nice just because if you're already doing ASP.NET development, it's going to look very similar. You're, you're going to know pretty much how to do work with it. Makes sense to me. I love it. Yep. Love it. Awesome. Well, kind of talking about one other thing in the world of cloud, we talked about App Center a little bit earlier. We kind of talked about our releases, and this is kind of part of it, but App Center did release uh, some new Unity support. It's okay. kind of cloud game mobile support, everything mm -hmm. they did. <laughs> so this was last month. They released a Unity SDKs for dis distribution analytics diagnostics, and they just released push notifications. It's integrated in the Unity IDE just super cool. They have Unity packages, like I said. So it all is a nice ecosystem. So if you're using Unity for your mobile apps and you're looking to do some stuff for games and building Unity, pretty pretty nice that it's just there. That's pretty slick. And um, if you haven't used the push notifications API in App Center, you got to give it a look. It is so much easier than having to deal with notifications as a whole. Used to be a pain. Th that API is so slick. Yeah, so nice. It's super slick. On the Xamarin side of things, a few other little kind of new releases, if you will, kind of trickling things out. On the packages side, uh, the Android support library is 28, which I mentioned earlier. Mm -hmm. uh, in when we're talking about Xamarin Forms 4.0, those are officially out now. They were in beta previously. The last podcast, they're officially out. We did it, yay! Uh, what's interesting there that we call these fat packages. So previously, and this is why it's so important, is 
you would have to say, I'm compiling against API 26, so I should go and grab the support libraries from 26 mm -hmm. or from 27. And if you didn't target correct and you tried to upgrade, it would fall back and it would be like, ah, I don't know what to do. Now these fat packages, they contain everything in one. Okay. So if you build and compile your library against 28, when someone goes and pulls it down, it doesn't matter if they're going to get version seven or six or whatever they'll get the correct dependency so based on whatever they're targeting if you go to install you'll get a different flavor so this is actually a big change that's an awesome change yeah it's i think it's a good change but also you gotta not sort of pay attention to what you're compiling against so for instance with the visual api i was using 28 but i was targeting 27 so i actually grabbed the 27 packages by installing 28 because it, NuGet installs the correct thing based on your version of Android. Mm -hmm. And I was like, why am I getting the things? And then I upgraded. And then once I just literally changed the compile, NuGet's smart enough to say, oh, I can go look in this new folder. And then I recompiled and it was good to go. Cool. It's kind of kind of silly, but pretty nice. You just got to still be aware, unfortunately. Right. Well, just having that is a lot of times when we run these workshops, it's always when people are first getting started with Android development, that's always an issue. Mm -hmm. Why am I getting, why can't I compile? And no. it's a lot of times the, the support libraries aren't matching your compile target. And it's just, it's weird yeah. to try to explain to people. And I still, I get messed up all the time too, just trying to talk about it. <laughs> yeah. And the team's trying to, to solve it. I think this is a good first attempt. So we'll see how it goes. I, I think that sounds great. Yeah. We also are having a, a small release for Xamarin Essentials 101. Small bug fixes, nothing major. We started to work on 110, which will add some new features, smaller features, things like mm -hmm. that. We're going towards bigger feature releases with media and stuff, but it's a little bit down the road. Okay. So just kind of be aware that that's on the road map. Uh, and eventually we will update to, to be the default of support 28, but we uh, keep our, I'm the PM of this project, that's why I say we, but uh, so the team, we sync with the forms team. So once the forms team, Xamarin forms team, ship official package defaulting to 28, then we'll default by 28. We just want to make it seamless for right. people installing. Since these are the two biggest nougats, in my opinion, that people will be installing with the Xamarin app, we just want to keep them in sync. Makes sense. And that will all be handled for you, of course, in templates because we update all our templates all the time with 2017 and 2019. We also just had another release, a dot release of Visual Studio 2017, 15.9.4. Uh, so if you were having any connectivity issues with iOS or any weird things, a lot of little bug fixes there, template updates for Xamarin Forms, this is what you get by default if you install Visual Studio 2017. And also update Visual Studio 2017. This is a big, awesome release. I've been dogfooding it um, since the first preview internally and giving feedback to the Android team. And I'm going to tell you, the Android build times are so much better in this thing. They really, I don't know. I was just even doing some live streams and I was like, oh, I got to rebuild. I'm like, oh, nope, it's already done. And it's like, oh, it's already redeployed. I'm like, oh, I'm feeling really good about a lot of the, the snappy Android build times and redeploy. So definitely give it a look. And I remember you talking about this when I first in internal preview and it's, it's nice. Yeah. I'm, I give Android a hard time all the time, but yeah, this, <laughs> this is okay. This is good. This is good. Yeah. Well, I think it's time for everyone's favorite part of the podcast. Tool package of the week. We were talking about this. Should it be a package? Should it be a tool? And we're going to call it both package tool of the week. Pick of the week. Pick of the week. I'll say pick of the week. Pick of the pod. Pick of the pod. 
There we go. Pick of the pod. Pick of the What's pod. your pick of the pod? My pick of the pod is a, well, it's, <laughs> it's a product. A product <laughs> okay. of the pod. It's called Azure Front Door. Mm. What's that? What's this? Sounds fancy. Yes, it does. It's a way to, it's it's actually for your web services because mm. a lot of us are independent mobile developers. So we're going to be developing, well, even if we're not working for an enterprise, we're going to be developing not only the mobile app, but also the APIs or web services behind it. And so what Azure Front Door does, it gives us a way to manage like the global routing for web traffic. So it picks automatically for us the fastest and most available backend. Hmm. So let's say where you're developing a web API and you need to deploy it in the US, in Europe, in Asia. Like So you have it spread out across the globe. So you put it behind Azure Front Door and then Azure Front Door figures out all right, I have somebody in Japan trying to get at my back end. It's going to route it to the J- Japan region in Azure. Mm, cool. So that's that's pretty cool. Um, it has instant failover too. So if something goes wrong somewhere, it'll push you somewhere else. And it works at the TLS or SSL layer. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. And it also supports geofiltering. Example I always think of is like Netflix. Movies are only available like in the U.S. or regional mm. movies. You can. That's how you can support something like that. Very cool. So, yeah, so it's pretty cool. And it works with inter, any internet-facing service. No. Oh. So it doesn't need to be in Azure. You can oh. put hosting it on-prem, still put it behind Azure front door. That's pretty neat. Yeah, that's super neat. It's front door, not the back door. You can't yeah. get in the back of it. You want in the front. Yep. Don't Go in the sne- front door. Don't be sneaking around. Don't nope. be sti- don't be. <laughs> There's probably a you know probably a camera there, so you don't steal my packages. <laughs> oh, I have a story about that. Oh gosh, <laughs> yeah, I got to get those got to get those smart doorbells. Apparently, mm-hmm. though, I did I did before I get to my pick of the pod. It was funny because I was talking to my my brother in law, and I go, he goes, oh yeah, like you, you hear their little ring notification come up. He's like, oh there, oh he's like my package is gone. I was like, cool. I was like, so now you just, you bought you bought an application. You already knew people were stealing your packages, so now we just spent money to watch people steal our packages. Mm-hmm. We still haven't solved the problem, million dollar idea for all of our listeners, of solving people not actually stealing the packages. Right. Well, two stories. All right. First is, <laughs> on the Thursday before the holidays, I, I have a Nest doorbell. Mm-hmm. Um, in the morning, 6.30 in the morning, found somebody going through mine and all our neighbors' mailboxes. Mm. Fine, right? That, that's a, that's highly illegal. Right? That's yeah. 6.30 in the morning. Oh, no. 3.30 in the afternoon, found a totally different person going through all our neighbors' mail mailboxes. So, James, thanks for inviting me to Seattle. Really crime here is awesome <laughs> yeah you're welcome uh you know I, I mean i don't want to think it's just seattle probably there's a lot of other places um anyways good friends with the seattle police department at this point yeah <laughs> and um but on youtube have you seen this where the um guy built his glitter bomb oh yeah i saw yeah. that yeah so i guess what amazon or somebody has to do is just start shipping glitter bombs for everyone and yeah you, so you can just buy a glitter bomb and leave it on your front porch then has gps attached to it. i mean there, there's some there's some there's some answer here i'm not sure what it is yet but i think we'll figure it out hopefully at some point <laughs> or just people stop stealing packages right. problem solved uh so my pick of the pod is a really cool blog post and sample uh from my good friend rendy who over at cross geeks on their github made this really cool kind of it's a sample but it describes how to do a rating swipe control. So for instance, when you think of a rating, you often think of like, here's a bunch of stars, hit the stars mm-hmm. on it. But what he did is he used the touch events to have a rating slider. So you could slide 
it over these images to do poor, fair, good, great, excellent, whatever you want. It's not like crazy, right? It's not like, well, this is the craziest thing ever, but it's just code that you can sort of grab and throw into your app. It's all cross-platform, so it's not a custom render or anything like that. Well, there might be a custom render to do some of the touch events inside of it, but it's really simplistic code just to, mm -hmm. to get these touch events and update it. And you can just slap this rating slider in there and you can say, where does it start at? Where does it stop at? And then people can, can go up and down with their finger. So instead of just tapping on images, you can kind of use this in a bunch of different scenarios, even outside of rating. Mm -hmm. So I think it's just cool sample code to see how you can grab those touch events on this control in general uh, so it's all in github you can grab it there's no NuGet package you just slap this code right in there but he has a bunch of properties like item spacing number of items item height selected color and he's just using a box view but you could kind of customize it to anything you like if you want to use circles or other things or have no spacing it's just a gradient right imagine you have a hundred right. in there and you want to do a, a slider in there but you don't want to use a slider you want to use something with a big touch surface and mm -hmm. it's some you're making some kids app or something like that. I That's think cool. the, the, the user interface ideas there are really cool. Yeah. I'm looking at the blog post right now and it's, he really goes in step by step with it. And the, and the code is all there. And what I like about it is that it even has the, the renderers in Android and in iOS. You can see actually the native platform yeah. code is, which you don't see that all the time. Now that we're in forms yeah. all the time. And it's always good though, to go back into the uh, iOS and Android code and just, uh, Get your feet wet and remember what you're doing. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, I think that's going to do it, Matt. We did it. We did it. Two in a row. Two in a row. All right. Well, of course, you can find us everywhere on the internet. You can subscribe to the Visual Studio Mobile Developer Podcast in your podcast app. We don't have a fancy new URL yet, so you can still go to xamarinpodcast.com and subscribe there, which is kind of funny. Uh, and, of course, you can find us on Twitter. I am at James Montemagno. And, Matt, you are? At CodeMailMatt. On Twitter. Perfect. On Twitter. Awesome. All right, Perfect. buddy. I'll see you next month. Absolutely, James.